Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers are edging toward their season opener, having gone through six practices, including one in full pads. Where does Purdue stand? What has stood out? What needs to be done? Let's break it all down on this Gold and Black Radio podcast. Kyle Charters with Tom Deanhart. Uh, a delayed podcast, Tom. I'm feeling a little bit better, probably 80% now, but granted, I think I only run at about 83% these days anyway. Long <laughs> gone are the days where I was always giving 110%. Oh, don't underestimate yourself. We'll get you on one of those stationary bikes under the tent at the Purdue practice field. Uh, you can ride it with some of the other injured players. We're going get to you, get you healthy and back on the field, buddy. As we know in sports, you can only give 110%. You cannot give 1,000%. Man, it drives me crazy when I see guys commit, and they're 1,000% committed to Purdue. No. You can be no more than 110% committed. That is, I mean, that is, that is a sports rule. One of the oldest rules in the two. book, right? Yeah, married too. With, with your health, your, there's a difference between being injured and hurt, Kyle. Look yourself That's in right. the mirror and ask, are you injured or are you hurt? And then be honest with yourself, buddy. I'm doing this podcast hurt. Uh, not okay. Even. Okay. Hurt. All right. All right, uh, Tom, let's zip through uh, some of the topics. You know, there have not been uh, a ton of, of, of big, like, breaking news or, or big news items from the first week of practice, which is probably good because often uh, those things are negative. The one big one. Uh, that we have seen, of course, the injury to Garrett Miller. I think oftentimes when a backup tight end gets injured, it might not be all that newsworthy. I think in the case mm-hmm. of Purdue, however, in the case of Miller, it is because that's a position where Purdue has some talent and has some depth. Jeff Brom likes to use two tight ends. And I think you lose a, a tight end who uh, has some big play potential, maybe – uh, bigger play potential than Payne Durham, though we've seen Durham make some big plays, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's a, it is a loss for Purdue. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's, you know, honestly, Kyle, he is Purdue's most talented tight end. No offense to Payne Durham. Uh, he's a better pro prospect. Uh, 6'5", 250, can run, good hands, can probably the best blocker they've got, too, at that spot. So it's a big loss, like you said, this. They like to play two two tight ends. So, as the coaches like to say, Kyle, next man up. The next yeah. man up is Paul Peferi, the converted quarterback, who I tell you what, I've said it before, I've written, and I give the guy a lot of credit, Kyle. You know, I don't know if I'd have hung around if I was a quarterback and was told, hey, if you want to stay, you can be a tight end. I may just pack my bags and head at home, but not Peferi, right? He uh, has embraced the new position transform his body. He looks like a tight end. We saw him in action last year in six games. He started one game. He even caught a touchdown pass against IU. So uh, not sure how good of a blocker he is, how physical at the point of the attack, but he can catch the ball and run around. He's a good athlete. So I think uh, he's serviceable. Then after that, things get a little dicey, though. you got to walk on redshirt sophomore Ben Bouchelle. Uh, 
who's healthy. The only other healthy tight end right now, Kyle, is a true freshman, Max Clare. A couple other guys are hurt. Uh, Drew Bibber, a redshirt freshman, has got a boot on his right foot, and then another red, a true freshman, Charlie Kenrick. So the ranks are a little thin now. If there's another injury, to a guy like Buffer in particular, things get really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that it does do is it does cut down on, you know, the depth at a position that you felt like you had good depth yeah. at. Purdue needs to stay healthy there. Let's talk about some of the other uh, topics. You know, a lot of them are the same as what we entered camp with. At, at wide receiver, I mean, it has been evident, I think, at receiver that Purdue has a lot of guys, a lot of capable guys, and sort of shuffling out who will be the top guy and maybe who will be – the top three guys, and maybe who will be in the you know six-man rotation. I think that what is what needs to sort of uh, shuffle out here during camp. But you look at that group, and, and maybe in particular right now with the two Iowa receivers, it's been pretty mm-hmm. good here through the first uh, six practices. Yeah, they're going to be good, buddy. Um, here's your uh, what I think are going to be your starters. One of them is going to be Charlie Jones. He's going to start. The Iowa, one of the Iowa transfers. Um, I think T.J. Sheffield's going to start. I think Brock Thompson's going to start. But, of course, the other Iowa transfer, look for him to work a lot in the slot with T.J. Sheffield, almost like a co-starter. And, again, Tyrone Tracy, Charlie Jones, the kids from Iowa City, they're going to be big parts of this offense, my friend. Um, uh, we know Charlie Jones' ability as a return man are well-documented. Of course, the Big Ten return man of the year last year, Kyle, Boy, what a dynamic weapon Purdue's going to have back there, running back punts. Maybe kickoff. I'm not sure if he's going to be kickoff, so I think they want to try to protect him a little bit. He's going to catch a lot of passes. And Tyrone Tracy's not only going to catch passes, Kyle, but he's also going to run the football. He works out about 50% of the time in practice at running back, the other 50 with the receivers. And they want to try to inject a little dynamic ability in the backfield, and that's where Tyrone Tracy comes in and, He's going to carry the ball. Not, a, I wouldn't think an extraordinary amount of times every game, but again, just to change the pace to mix in with King Daru, Toby Lewis, and Dylan Downing. So those are the the top four. Who would be the next two then? You know, guys like uh, I think Abdur Rahman Yassin and, and Mershon Rice probably. Um, I think they got to keep them healthy, right? And yeah. Yassin and Rice and Thompson have practiced very little, especially Brock Thompson. We've seen a little bit of Yassine and Rice. But all three of them weren't on the field for practice on Tuesday. So, again, they got to keep those guys healthy. Brock Thompson's the guy they really are going to manage carefully. He had titanium rods put in each shin, played in a lot of discomfort last year, was not 100%, still had a heck of a year, right? So they want to manage him and get him to game days, and you're going to see him probably a, a spotty participant in practice probably most of the year. So that's a pretty good group right there. Can the guy like the two redshirt freshmen, Deion Burks or Preston Terrell, make an impact? I like Deion Burks, number four, a lot, uh, working in the slot. He could be another guy to add in the mix that could move up the pecking order as well. So, again, is there a David Bell? Is there a Milton Wright? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe so. But, again, uh, if there's not, I think there's a, at least a wealth of very good players that can make this unit good. That Tyrone Tracy role that you described sounds a lot like what Purdue was using uh, Jackson Anthrop to do at the end of last season. Now, Tracy's probably a better athlete, I would imagine, than, than Jackson Anthrop, but 
but similar in that, you know, Anthrop was carrying the ball, what, three, four, five times a game at the end of mm-hmm. last season and then was a pretty big part of, of what they were doing in the passing game too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, good good comparison there. I think that's an apt, uh, very similar uh, usage for, for Tracy that I think we saw with Jack Anthrop last year. Two other guys real quick came to mind, Kyle. Maybe your stars of, of camp so far at receiver. Elijah Canyon, transfer from I, uh, from Auburn. Biggest receiver they've got, about 6'4", 220. He has really looked good. I know Jeff Brown's been very impressed with him. And then Colin Sullivan, a redshirt sophomore from Round Rock, Texas, the same hometown as Garrett Miller. He's really stepped up, number 81. He got a little action in the bowl game last year and kind of been lost in the shuffle his first couple of years on campus, but Made a move late last year, like I said, has really looked good in camp. So Colin Sullivan and Elijah Canyon, they're not burners, but they're bigger receivers, especially Canyon, who could end up being a, a significant part of the rotation in 2022. Yeah, I've been out to practice a couple times uh, so far this year, and it, it just, just seems like every time I look up, Colin Sullivan is making a catch. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, that's 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 the truth. Every time I look up, he's out there making another catch, it seems like. And some of those other guys have been out, so he's been getting some more opportunity. But uh, sometimes the production does matter also. Yeah, you know, even the walk-on, uh, Andrew Sowinski, number 26, is a guy I think they trust if they have to play. He actually played in the bowl game last year. I'm told if they ever get to the point where they just have to have, to guy, have, to have a guy catch and secure punts, He's the best guy they've got to do that. Uh, uh, sort of like a Jackson answer type of a player. Um, but I think maybe even a little bit more explosive. So, again, uh, and they got the true freshman, Zion Steptoe, who got here in spring, has looked good. Yeah. He still may be a year away, but like I said, we're talking about what? It seems like we've talked about 50 guys. So there's, there, there's a pretty nice, nice depth chart for, for the new receivers coach, Garrick, Garrick McGee, to work with. There's a lot of depth at receiver. There's a lot of depth on the defensive line. I think Purdue has something like 100 defensive linemen out there, give or take. <laughs> so, man, it seems like there are a lot of a lot of defensive linemen. Um, but there are a lot of defensive linemen who, who do seem to have some some ability too. I mean, that seems to be showing up. Which one of those defensive linemen like can get after the quarterback? I, I don't know that we've answered that as of yet. I'm not sure that we will until the games actually start to be played. But uh, Purdue has some depth on the defensive line, which, man, I I don't know. I mean, how many years has Purdue had really good depth on its defensive line? I remember back in, what, what year was it, uh, that uh, Grover and Villarreal played basically every single snap uh, mm-hmm. at defensive tackle for Purdue. Like every single snap. That was pretty pretty remarkable back then. Purdue will not have to do that uh, this season, which will be good. I mean, Purdue's got some players there along the defensive line. And a good and coach, too. Help. Yeah, good coach Mark Hagan. That's going to help when you're playing the physical run teams like Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota in particular. Even Northwestern's pretty physical, Kyle. And you can keep fresh bodies in there and, and deep into the second half and hopefully not get worn down up front and can still be solid against the run. That's the hope. Jeff Brom always wants to over-recruit to both lines. He does feel a little more comfortable with his D-line than his O-line at this point. But, Bob, on my count, there's 20 defensive linemen on the roster. And you watch, you watch Coach Hagan at practice. It looks like 
looks like a small army he's working with out there. Uh, 11 tackles, uh, nine ends, and like you said, who are the difference makers? There's no George Karloffis, obviously, but a lot like the receiving core, it looks to be a lot of solid players who can get the job done in a very blue-collar, workman-like fashion. Um, you know, Scotty Humpitz, Kaiden Jenkins, those are guys who could be pass rushers. Corday Sidner looking to build off a strong spring. I keep your eye on him, number 96 as well. He looks the part. He looks like a pro already, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so, you know, inside I think Branson Dean's the guy who can get a push. Lawrence Johnson to a lesser degree. And um, a couple of true freshmen, Nick Carraway, the Leo, from Brian, Texas, right by Texas A&M, Kyle. You know, I think he's going to get on the field. He may be your best pass rusher. Maybe he only plays on passing downs. They, they love the kid. I'll, I'll just tell you that. Number five. And then Mo Amonade from West Lafayette, the nose tackle. Um, quick, 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 athletic. Great feet, powerful lower body. Fully developed physically. He can get overwhelmed because he's only six feet tall, but I tell you what, he's quick. And if linemen don't get their hands on him, Mo's going to be around him. Those one-on-one matchups between the defensive line and the offensive line are often fun to watch. I'm never quite sure uh, who has won sometimes in in those matchups because I'm not sure what exactly I'm looking for. But uh, the offensive line at times does get the better of the defensive line, even though it might be a little bit uh, swayed toward, toward defensive linemen. I, I feel better about Purdue's offensive line uh, right now maybe than I did uh, a couple of weeks ago going in to training camp. It seems like seems like Purdue has five starters and then maybe a couple of more guys who it feels comfortable throwing out there. Now it probably needs to, to limit injuries as it always does along the offensive line. But when you have a quarterback who um, – does have some good pocket presence, but would like, you know, a clean pocket back there and, and is pretty accurate when he has one. Uh, having a good offensive line is pretty key to that. It does seem like Purdue might have the chance to have that this season. Yeah, I'm kind of encouraged here early on. We'll see right out of the gate when they play Penn State what they've got. Um, depth still needs to be augmented. <clears throat> I think there's eight guys. They're comfortable playing. They get beyond those eight. I think there's a little hand-wringing by the staff. I think your starters will be left to right. Eric Miller, Spencer Holstage, Hartwig's going to snap. That's a pretty good left side of the line and a pretty good center there, Kyle. Right side's going to be new, probably Marcus Bowe, I think, and then Cam Craig. I don't be shocked if Bowe ends up maybe being the right tackle. We'll see. They like him a lot, a redshirt freshman. Then the other redshirt freshman, Mohamed Musa. Is a tackle they like, and then the two transfers, the Kent State kid, Daniel Johnson, who's been banged up with an ankle sprain lately, and then Sione Finau from Florida International. Not the tallest guy, Kyle, but he's tough and he's strong. And, again, he's a guard. If they have to play him, I think they'd be happy. So, again, those eight guys are probably your top eight right now. Yeah. Seems like a pretty good mix as long as they can stay healthy. Uh, speaking of, of health, um, I have seen some, like, uh, quarterbacks playing cornerback a little bit in practice. Uh, yeah. Purdue still got a couple of guys there at corner who are uh, who are nicked up, or at least Purdue's holding them out, hoping that uh, they can get them to, to the opener uh, without any issues. Um, how's Purdue going to look at, uh, at cornerback come September 1st? If they're healthy, pretty good, I think. 
and that's the key if they're healthy and and they're being very cautious. I talked about them being cautious with the receivers like Thompson and Rice and Yassine. They're being cautious with Corey Trice, Jamari Brown, and T. Denson. There are three cornerbacks right there. I think, you know, I think without a doubt, Corey Trice and Jamari Brown are probably your starters, but they're coming off injuries. You know, Trice yeah. with the knee and Brown with the hip. They want to make sure they're healthy. They want to, Kyle, get them on the field for the last couple of weeks of camp here get some practices under their belt before that opened on September 1st. We saw them a little bit on the field Tuesday late. Again, that's a positive development. I think they're close. T. Danson's the other cornerback at transfer from Kansas State. He had double sports hernia surgery this spring. And I think I get the sense, Kyle, he's a little ways away. We may not see him until maybe mid-September. They do like him, though. And then don't forget the guys who are playing are, 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 are okay. I think Reese Taylor, the Indiana transfer, they love. He can maybe start the opener if one of the other two guys isn't ready. Bryce Hampton can play a little cornerback or safety for him as well. Brandon Callaway is in the mix. And Javon Grigsby. So, uh, again, they've got a nice mix of guys. you just got to make sure those veterans are healthy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, some other difference makers for some of the position groups. Who are we uh, looking at? Uh, We'll do that. We'll talk a little Aiden O'Connell as well. That's coming up on the Golden Black Radio podcast. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. Eastern Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette. Welcome to our table. It's time to boiler up and join the Brom squad by gearing up with the best selection of Purdue apparel in stock only at Follett's. Visit the Black and Gold Mine store across from Mackey or Follett's Purdue West on State Street for the best game day apparel from Nike, Columbia, Champion, Cutter and Buck, and more. Shop Follett's late on game day weekends. Follett's has been your Purdue game day stop since 1945. If you can't make it to the game, shop online at FollettsPurdue.com. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. 
Kyle Charters here with Tom Jean Hart talking a little bit of football. Purdue through the first six practices of its training camp leading up until its opener on that Thursday night, first day of September here in a few weeks. All right, Tom, let's uh, let's talk some different difference makers for for each group here a little bit. We probably mentioned some of these guys already. Let's try to start off maybe with some of the positions we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, running back, uh, you know, has been one that we have talked about, uh, you know, King Daru, uh, Kobe Lewis, uh, Dylan Downing, who has slimmed down a little bit. Does Purdue have a, a difference maker in that group? I'm not sure if they do. I mean, I think Tyrone Tracy can give them a little bit of pop. It's a never-ending yeah. quest for, for big plays in, front, in the run game for Purdue, and it's a combination of obviously the line and, and – in the back, so it's not like they don't want to do a college. Just a struggle, it's a struggle to get marquee running backs at Purdue, and a struggle to get elite offensive linemen. Uh, so I think you know that Purdue run game always has to be looked at through a little different prism. Um, yeah, and you know, they they want to run well in certain situations, but yeah, from a difference maker standpoint, again, Tyrone Trace is probably your best hope. Maybe Kobe Lewis to a lesser degree, but again, King Daru, Dylan Downing, even though he slimmed down. Uh, I, none of those guys, I think, are going to keep you uh, defensive coordinators awake at night rolling around in bed. Difference maker at wide receiver. I mean, it seems like Charlie Jones is having a a pretty good camp and can be a guy that is more impactful at the receiver position than maybe what we sort of anticipated when he decided to transfer to Purdue. Oh, without a doubt, my friend. Um, I think he's going to be your star if Brock Thompson's not healthy. One of those two. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Charlie Jones came to Purdue because he likes the offense and he wants to catch a lot of passes. And we watch Iowa football. We know that offense is from the prehistoric ages from a passing standpoint. It's not real wide receiver friendly. And Charlie Jones saw that Purdue offense up close recently, right? He saw David Bell shred his beloved Hawkeyes. Now Charlie Jones is part of the action at West Lafayette. And, I think he's got his eyes on maybe trying to play on Sundays, and those being in this offense could really accentuate his resume. And plus, Kyle, it's documented by now of his friendship with Aiden O'Connell that dates back to their childhood. So there's that connection. Yeah. So, and he's motivated, like I said. Uh, dangerous combination for a talented player. So, yeah, I think he could be a real difference maker. Uh, we talk about tight ends. You know, I felt like the difference maker maybe there was Garrett Miller. Unfortunately, he will be out. Let's let's go to the other side uh, of the, the ball a little bit. Uh, we don't talk a whole lot about Cam Allen, even though he's a pretty good player, had a pretty good season last year. Is he a difference maker in the secondary? Yeah, seven career interceptions. Sue Schweigert's the career leader, I think, was 17. Going to take a big effort for Cam to get there, but – Seems like he's always around the ball. He's a leader. He's, he's a true senior. Played a lot of football. So they're counting on Cam being a difference maker again in the back end and being a quarterback back there. So, yeah, there's no doubt. And Jalen Graham, right? <clears throat> of course, Jalen had the scare in practice on Tuesday, Kyle. You were there. Came up limping. Appeared to be grabbing his left hamstring. Uh, I was told that it's a slight strain day-to-day. Not a big deal. Imagine they're going to take it easy with Jalen here. I'd be shocked if we see him practice in the next couple of days. But, yeah. yeah, he's probably your best player on defense. Uh, likely NFL draft choice. Plays safety, linebacker. Uh, just, a, just a freak out there. 
And uh, there's no doubt he, he, he's your best linebacker. Kyle, that's a linebacking crew that is okay. It's just okay, I think. But uh, Jalen Graham is a cut above. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Graham is, is the best of that group by far, I think. And, you know, he's going to be playing sort of that hybrid uh, position. Give me a give me a difference maker, a non-Jalen Graham difference maker, a linebacker. Is there one? You know, I, I, I'm going to say O.C. Brothers. I think, you know, he came from Auburn last year and didn't make much of a splash. I think he's the kind of guy that now he's been on campus a year, he's the kind of guy that can maybe give him a little bit of difference-making ability at linebacker. He's going to help out as a backup right now in the middle, and it will. Another guy's Clyde Washington, uh, number 42, just a real physical linebacker. has more of a backup on the weak side, too, with O.C. I think Clyde and O.C. could be linebackers that could maybe join Jalen as being difference-makers. You know, Smithy Fakasiecki, Kieran Douglas, Kyle, they're, they're downhill thumpers. They're brawlers. They're run defenders. Uh, they're, they're solid players. They're just not guys that are going to pop at you, I think. But they got experience, right? I think I was talking to you once. Between the two of them, they got 13 years of college experience. How about that? Smithy Fakasiecki <laughs> got here right from Daryl Hazel. How about that? Yeah. He's from Daryl Hazel there. It's incredible. He's, he, he's put him in a museum. I was still young back then when he committed to Purdue. <laughs> you were Crazy. still giving 100% back then. Yeah, no doubt. 110%. 110%. 1,000%. Yeah. All right, a defensive lineman. Who's the guy? <laughs> well, I mean, I tell you, <clears throat> talked about Nick Carraway. He's young. I like him. I'm going to say the guy is going to be Corday sitting there on the edge, the defensive end. He plays the end spot. I think he's going to be a, an emerging player as a redshirt freshman. Inside, it's easy to go with Branson Dean, right? Um, Fifth-year senior. He's tough. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Cole Brevard, Penn State transfer from Carmel, Indiana. You know, he's a nose tackle. Boy, he looks the part. He's a full-grown man. Spent two years at Penn State. He's not maybe going to be a dynamic pass rusher. Not many of those tackles are. But Cole Prevard could be a guy who, who can get a, get a push, tie up blocks, muck up the ground game, and be a real pain from a blue-collar standpoint for offensive lines this year. Yeah. All right, let's talk some quarterback here before we wrap things up. Aiden O'Connell, no concern there, right? I mean, he has looked uh, as good as what we thought he would uh, during training camp, just needs to – to stay healthy. The question always for Aiden O'Connell for me is he's, he's good, really good. Uh, I think when you're great, you make the others around you better. And maybe he needs to do that to some extent this year. Um, can he do that? I think you nailed it right on the head. That's going to be the storyline for him. Can he elevate those around him? Kind of like Drew Brees did back in 2000 with a, you know, a largely pedestrian group of receivers Benny Sutherland was good, but, again, he made a lot of those guys look better than they are. I'm not saying O'Connell's breeze, but can you at least get to, to a level where you can make some of these guys better? I think I think his receivers may be better than what Breeze had. And, uh, yeah, just a special player. He got married this summer, six-year player. Got to put in 2017. And uh, he's going to be – he turns 24 years old on September 1st, the day of the Penn State game. What a birthday present he could deliver a win that night, huh? 
So, uh, yep. yeah, just a guy who's dialed in and have a quarterback like that gives Purdue a chance every game day, right? And if there's one indispensable player, it's obviously Aiden O'Connell for Purdue. Austin Burton, I think, is going to be your backup. And if he does have to play, I don't think the team would go off the cliff. Uh, he's a six-year player, too. He's been on campus three years. He started the game at UCLA. But it would be a drop-off. But I think he could run the offense for me if he ever had to, if he ever had to do it for an extended stretch. Yeah. All right, thanks, Tom. We'll see you practice on Thursday. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars. Leave us a comment as well. Tell your friends and have them subscribe on their favorite podcast app. Thanks to our sponsors, as always. That'll do it for the podcast. A special Wednesday uh, podcast. We'll be back uh to do this again on Monday, get a little recap of the scrimmage, the first scrimmage over the weekend for the Boilermakers. For Tom Dean Hart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.